that uh, we are continually on God's mind. Oh, oh boy. I praise the Lord for that. I was uh, instructed a moment ago that uh, Miss Sam failed to make a correction on the bulletin of no service. There will be service tonight. It says no on the back of the bulletin, but there will be. And uh, we... Uh, she overlooked it, I overlooked it, and whoever else looked at the bulletin overlooked it. But we're correcting it. You please be here. We'll be here. So please come. Paul's third missionary journey. We have been, we have been traveling at a high rate of speed in our souped-up sandals. And also those high-velocity traveling sailing ships. To travel some 40 miles in a sailing ship took some 8 to 10 days. And I don't know how fast Paul walked. But I know he was able to walk further than I can. So today, as we look at the third missionary journey, Acts Chapter 18, starting in verse 23. Acts chapter 18, verse 23. And it says, And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over the region to Galatia and Phaegra and often strengthened all of the disciples. Now with a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexander, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the ways of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside, explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross back to brother, the brethren wrote an exhortation to the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped. Now listen, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Father, I thank you and I praise your name for your word today. I pray, Lord God, that you will just draw us ever close to you and you'll speak to our hearts. You'll minister unto every need. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that we get to share the truth of your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look at this, as we start our, our third missionary journey this here in Acts, 
the time was somewhere between 54 and 58 A.D., a time of about four years that he traveled on this third missionary journey. We have uh, a, a frame of, of traveling somewhere around between 2,500 and 3,000 miles in that four-year period. About, they figure, 1,190 by sea and somewhere around 1,500 to 1,800 walking by land. I can only imagine the shape that Paul must have been in in order to travel this far. You notice as he starts on this missionary journey, a little different from a lot of the others, he doesn't have anybody going with him. He's traveling by himself. And as he travels by himself, the word says he chose to leave from Antioch, Syria, and went out to all of the churches, all of the disciples that he had started on his first two missionary journeys. And he went for one reason. He went to encourage. He didn't go to chastise. He didn't go to correct. He went to encourage. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, when somebody shakes my hand or hugs my neck or pats me on the back and says, Brother Mac, we appreciate you. Brother Mac, we like the word you preach. Brother Mac, we're praying for you. That encourages me and that lifts my spirit and makes me, you know, kind of like, uh, it's kind of like saying sick him to a bulldog. And I think that's what Paul did. I think Paul went to each one of those churches, each one of those disciples, and he says, listen, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. And I'm praying for you. Folks, that's the key. Those gentlemen that come to my office every Sunday morning, I ask them, please pray for me as I stand up and preach. Not that I'm going to do a good job, but that I'm willing to let God work through me. The thing that Paul was saying to these disciples is keep up the good work. You see, they're not just, they're not like I am. Hey, I come in here, I don't have any resistance whatsoever except a little from the devil. They were being combated by the Jews. They were being harassed by the Romans. They were constantly under trial and tribulation. Yet Paul says, let me encourage you. Let me lift you up. Let me remind you what God has done. This morning, I want you to stop with me. Right where you are, right where you're thinking. Stop right where you are and think about what God has done in your life just in the last few years. Even greater than that, what has God done in your life in just the last few weeks or months? Have you stopped to say thank you, God? Oh, there's a lot of trials, there's a lot of tribulations, there's a lot of sickness, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of things going on. But what has God done? 
Has God not seen us through it? Has God not kept us going in the right direction? Has God not blessed us? They saw a continual growth in all the churches that Paul had helped start. And he goes and he says, I want to encourage you. I want to lift you up. I challenge you. I challenge you. Before you leave today, if you haven't already or even if you have, Walk up to somebody before you go out that door. Say, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I just want you to know I'm encouraged. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate how you serve God. I appreciate in the power of Jesus Christ how you influence, listen, my life. Because every one of us has an influence on others' lives. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for allowing me the privilege of encouraging. Even as Paul did, he took off on, you know, we think about a missionary journey sometimes as it just being an evangelistic type thing where people get saved. I, whenever Miss Cherry and I were traveling a lot and doing a lot of mission work, we'd come home and one of the first questions that we'd have asked, well, how many did you have saved? I could always answer that honestly. I have no idea. That's up to God. That's up to God. We didn't keep count. We didn't mark down the calendar. We just said, God, that's your business. Paul was going to encourage, not to make marks on the wall. It says... And after he had spent some time, after he had been rejuvenated a little bit, after he had spent time with the church there in Antioch, encouraging them, he says, time to go. Time to go. Have you ever felt like God was just spurring you on? Have you ever felt like God says, it's time to get off the pew, time to get off your morals and get busy? I know you do because many of you do that. God said to Paul, okay, Paul, it's time to get on the road. Time to get those fresh sandals on. Time for you to get on your job. Time for you to take a little trip. And that little trip is important. Encourage the saints. Folks, it's important that you encourage the saints. Encourage those around you. Encourage them in God. And then the word tells us, kind of moves off of Paul a little bit and gives us a little bit of insight as to what was happening in other places. And this particular place was in Ephesus. And it says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexander, eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Now this is where Priscilla and Aquila stayed when Paul went on back to Caesarea. And they had stayed there and worked in the church, uplifting the church, fortifying the church, being faithful to the Lord. And here came a man 
a Jew from another part of the country. And he was an eloquent man. Now, to me, when they say he's eloquent, that means he, to me, that says he had a very nice, good vocabulary. He didn't use ain't. He just spoke eloquently. And not only was he eloquent, but he was knowledgeable in the scripture. Now you take eloquence and you take knowledge and you put them together and you have a communicator. You have someone that can share the truth of Jesus Christ. And here we find Apollos doing exactly that to the best of his ability. And it says, this man had been instructed in the ways of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. I mean, he believed it to the nth degree. He was sold out to the Lord. Being fervent in the Spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. He had no idea or understanding of Christ Jesus coming, dying on the cross, and being resurrected. All he knew was through grace, trusting Jesus Christ and being baptized as John taught. And the word says, and I want you to notice this closely, Priscilla and Aquila took him aside. They didn't correct him in synagogue. They didn't correct him out in public. They didn't correct him where it would embarrass him. They didn't correct him in a manner in which it would hurt the fellowship or the church. They took him aside in private. And I can just imagine them not saying, you're wrong, but them saying, let us explain a little more to you. Let us explain more of the scripture. Have you ever, well, all of you have been in church most all of your lives. And one day you just open the Bible up and you're reading along and all at once something jumps out at you that you've read probably 10 or 15 times before, but it never has popped out at you. And you say, wow. I've never realized that before. Here was Apollos teaching the truth to the best of his ability. And all at once, God opens a brand new, fresh, exciting, life-changing part of the Scriptures. I can just imagine him saying, wow, how great this is is they explain Christ Jesus dying on the cross, Christ Jesus being buried in a tomb, Christ Jesus rising on the third day, Christ Jesus now in heaven making intercession for all believers. How great, how exciting, how much more fulfilling this was to Apollos. 
he got so excited about it. He got so filled with the Spirit about it that he said, hey, I'm going somewhere else and I'm going to preach the Word. I got to share this. There's times I... There's times when I'm studying and God lays something on my heart and I, I get excited about it and, and I say, boy, howdy, i got to preach this. I can't hardly wait. God says, sit down and be quiet. It's not time. God didn't say that to Apollos. The Word says he was instructed. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Priscilla and Aquila heard him and they took him aside and explained to him the way of the Lord or of God, more accurately, completely, more fulfilled. And then in verse 27 it says, And when he desired to cross into Antioch, the, the brethren wrote a letter to the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped them who believed through grace. Other words, when he got there, he says, listen, you need to hear the rest of the story. The first part of it is, yes, John taught the truth. The rest of the story is, Christ Jesus has fulfilled the truth. Folks, we must... We must, beyond any shadow of a doubt, put our focus on Christ. We can't encourage one another. We can't stand against the devil. We can't do any of that by ourselves. We must focus on Christ Jesus. And through that, we acknowledge the fact of his birth, death, resurrection, and place at God's right hand right now. You have to acknowledge the entire story, not just part of it. And it's time for us as believers right here in Montanay Baptist Church to lift one another up and go out the door, even as Apollo did, and say, I'm going to tell those folks of the truth. I'm going to give them the rest of the story. I want them to know, listen, Jesus is the Christ. A lot of them said, well, he's Jesus of Nazareth. A lot of them said, he's Jesus the carpenter's son. He's Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, our Master, the one that paid the price that we can spend eternity if we believe with God. Do you believe the rest of the story? Do you believe the fact that Jesus is the Christ? Or is he just somebody you've read about? Possibly a good man, possibly just a good teacher. Well, you know, I guess if I live a good enough life, I'll make it to heaven. And it says, 
And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace, those that didn't know. And then, after he talked to those that believed, and after he encouraged them, you know, that's what Paul was doing. He was encouraging. Here we find that he goes to these and he encourages them and he gives them the rest of the story about Jesus. And it says, after he has done this, <laughs> I love this part. After he's done this, it says, he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing them from the scripture that Jesus is the Christ. Not only did he hear it, not only did he believe it, but he shared it. You hear it, you believe it, but do you share it? It says he didn't just kind of walk around mealy-mouthing. It says he vigorously, with all the power that God would give him, he told them, he says, listen, you Jews, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. And when he does that, people grew. People matured. People walked closer to God. Paul wrote at a later time in Second Corinthians, or I'm sorry, in First Corinthians chapter three, about verse six. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul says, I've planted these churches, I've gone out here and got the churches started. Apollos is following along and then he's watering them. He's encouraging them what he's saying. You know, Miss Cherry has a green thumb. She can grow most anything. But the reason she does is because she feeds them plant food. She waters them. She weeds them. She cuddles them. She babies them. She looks after you know, kind of like she does me. And you know what happens? They grow and they blossom and they're beautiful because she encourages them. Paul says, I've started them. I planted them. I told them the truth to begin with. Apollos has followed along and encouraged them and lifted them up. He's watered them. He's fertilized them. He's done all this and they are flourishing. They are growing. But it wasn't Paul. It wasn't Apollos. It was God. It was God that made the difference. You see, you can start, you can water, but God is what makes the difference. We are servants unto Him. Encourage, strengthen, take care of, minister to. And it all comes down to the point of bringing someone to the point of saying, God, have your way with me. That's what has to happen.
Apollos learned the truth of the rest of the story. How blessed we are that we have the whole scripture. How blessed we are that we can sit down and read what God has set forth for us. Throughout the scriptures, in many places, it says Christ, or Jesus, is the Christ. But here we find it being taught to a man that believed, but needed to mature and grow. Are you willing to encourage? Are you willing today to say, okay, God, I want to be like Apollos. I want to know the truth. I want to walk in the truth. And I want to share the truth. Paul did a great job in starting the churches. Paul did a great job in starting and growing disciples. But I don't care who you are, how long you've been a Christian, and how much you believe, you always need to be encouraged and lifted up and mature more in the Scripture. We never learn it all. The Word God tells us that one of these days, we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be like Jesus. I really think, and I, I believe this with all of my heart, I don't think I'm going to have to ask one question. The Word says I'm going to have the mind of Christ, and I'm going to have understanding that I've never had never will have while I'm on this earth. But when I get there, I'll have perfect understanding. But we're not there yet. We're still here. So let's encourage. Let's pray for. And let's stretch out beyond these walls and share the truth that Jesus is the Christ. This morning, this very morning, if you've never acknowledged the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you've never acknowledged the fact that He died for you on the cross, that He paid for your sins, it doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. He paid the price for all of them. He is the Christ. And today, if you will simply say, Lord God, I believe your son Jesus paid the price for me. I don't care what's happened in your past. I don't care what kind of lies you've been told. I believe today Jesus Christ died for me for my sins and I accept it into my heart. You see, I'm just watering. 
church has already been planted. I'm just watering. But God will give the game. It's up to you. It's up to you to say, Lord God, today I accept your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I can't do that for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it. That's up to you. But today, the invitation is open. Just like it was in Paul's day, just like it was in Apollo's day, just like it was even when Christ walked on the face of this earth, it's open to you. You know, Brother Mac, I've been saved a long time. Well, that's great. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I've kind of kind of let myself get out of the habit, and that's what it is. I've let myself get out of the habit of having my devotion time, having my prayer time. I've kind of lost I've kind of lost my communication with God. So all you got to do is ask him. Not gonna, you're not going to get saved again. You're done saved. But I guarantee you, your fellowship can be drawn closer back to God if you would say, Lord God, forgive me for turning my back. And he'll forgive you that quick. And your relationship will be found again. Be tight with him. Again, prayer altars are right here. All you have to do is come. Stay right where you are. You can pray right where you are. You know, God will. But God says, God says we need to step out because we're stepping out. When we step out, it encourages others around us. I know I had a person say to me one time, well, Brother Mac, if I've been a Christian a long time, and if, if I get out and walk down that aisle and, and get up here and kneel at this altar, there's going to be people out there that are going to say, oh, my goodness. I wonder what they've done bad wrong. It doesn't matter what they think. All the thing that matters is between you and God right here. That's all that matters. If they thought that, they need to be up here with you. The invitation's open. You come. You do what God has for you to do. And that's accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And as the Lord of your life, if you're already a Christian. Lord God, we thank you. We praise your name for the day. I thank you now, Lord God, that you will bless, that you will draw folks close to you. Father, if there are those that need to be saved, I pray they'll be saved today. If there are Christians that need to come and get at the altar and just lay their heart out and say, Oh God, cleanse me. Let it be done. Father, let us be a body of encouragers. A body of sharing the gospel.